Hi, it's Taylor. Quickly jumping in before the episode starts to let you know that we've changed our name and are now Sisters Assemble. You can find our updated social handles in the show notes. Enjoy the show! Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Let's Talk Marvel Fan Theories podcast. I'm Taylor. And I'm Katie, and we're two sisters and borderline obsessed Marvel fans who have been following the Marvel Cinematic Universe closely for years. And now we want to share our MCU discussions with you. We chat about our own predictions and theories, plus some of our favorites from online, and our reactions to all of the Marvel content that's considered MCU canon, including the Disney Plus shows and the movies, as well as the Marvel news you need to know. Listeners, we are back with episode six of She-Hulk. I almost said Ms. Marvel in a weird throwback statement, but we are in fact watching She-Hulk. And uh, I don't know if you guys can tell apart our voices, because I can't always do that, but it's me, Taylor. I'm back this week, no more Davis. So your original duo is back to talk all things She-Hulk episode six. And as usual, Katie's going to take it away with her initial thoughts on the episode. Yeah, first I have to say it's funny because I'm watching, if you guys have Netflix, I'm watching that Do Revenge movie right now. And Kamran, the actor who plays Kamran's in it. So as soon as you almost said that, because he's like fresh on my mind right now, I was like, oh yeah, I would have totally gone, like you could have said it. I'm like, yep, we've been watching that, you know. (laughs) (laughs) But all right, right into She-Hulk. I'm going to be honest, I can't keep defending it. Listen, I if you guys have heard me for the past two weeks, you know I keep going. I expect more from the next four episodes or five episodes. I expect more from the next four episodes. I expect more from the – and I'm not going to say it again. I'm not going to sit here and give you guys, you know, episodes seven, eight, nine are going to be amazing. Like, this is the definition of middle child syndrome, <laughs> in my opinion. Like, these three episodes were just, in my opinion, slower than the rest that we've gotten so far – I just sort of felt like they were just there. I obviously there's a little bit more to this one, I think, in my opinion, than episodes four and five. So I'm not completely like gonna hate it and trash it into the ground. But I, I did try the past two weeks, I'm gonna be honest, to like not make it sound like I was disappointed in what I was watching or let down because I, as a show, I enjoy it, but not so much like as an MCU show, I think. So I'm like, enjoy, like if you told, I I always go back to Friends. If you told me to watch Friends again and again and again, I'd be like, "Ah, yeah. But because I'm always looking for something a little more and I never feel like I'm quite getting it, like it's always just sort of like, oh, well, here's a hint at Daredevil, but now we're not going to reference that again for this entire episode. Like I, which I kind of expected, but I I don't know. I have a lot of mixed feelings and it'll be really interesting once we reach episode nine to see how I actually feel about the the show as an entirety because it started off really strong for me and I feel like it's losing me. Yeah, no, I actually, I really agree with pretty much everything you said which doesn't happen i was gonna say doesn't happen often you know i think to your point we literally could not say enough good things about episodes one through three four and five i mean you guys didn't get to hear my thoughts on five but i think i was you know having edited the episode i felt very similar to kate davis you know it was great it was entertaining the daredevil moment i was freaking the freak out like literally gasped I watched it at like midnight and I was like so excited but other than that I was like cool she's gonna get the suit we didn't see the suit okay fine but like you know there were little nuggets in both four and five that 
maybe moved it on like an inch, right? Yeah. And I really thought, you know, going into six, we're really hitting, you know, those last few episodes. They have to pick it up. You know, we I, I'll give them two mulligans, right? And then after that, I'm kind of like, no, like, you got to pick it up a little bit. You know, I get that they're shorter episodes, but I really was not expecting another mulligan this week, like, to put three in a row. And before we get on, you know, Katie and I were talking about how at the very beginning of the episode, Jen even acknowledges how it's like, you know, for lack of a better term, like, a wedding side quest episode that means nothing. And so immediately I was like, oh. Like, it just, like, took all the wind out of my sails for even being excited for the rest of the episode. So the rest of the show, I was watching it through that lens of, well, I know nothing interesting is going to happen, so that's really annoying. Like, even going into the fight scene with Titania, again, anticlimactic. I agree. It was anticlimactic the first time. The second time she slipped on spilled ice. Like, come on, are you serious? Are we going to get a full-on, you know, battle scene in this show or not? Like, I don't know. I think I'm just a little frustrated after three straight episodes of, like, not really getting much from it. Like I said, the first two I could, you know, have patience for, but after three, I'm like, all right, let's pick this up now. No, I agree. And honestly, something that crossed my brain during four, and four was the first one that I kind of felt was, like, just a little in its flop era, was that when we would be talking, you know, I didn't really have any notes. Yeah. Or I didn't really know, like, what to discuss next. And then last week, when Davis and I were recording, I felt it again, where I was sitting there and I was like, ooh, we're only at, like, 25 minutes, and there's not really too much. And I know we went off on, like, kind of a tangent last episode, obviously still related to She-Hulk, but wasn't really episode-specific, the conversation we were having, which elongated our podcast episode, of course, And, you know, to have your episodes kind of vary, that's, especially for us, very natural. I mean, we have some that are almost like an hour and a half. Yeah. Just because, you know, we're having that type of discussion. And if if we need to keep it going, we do. Or, like, MOM had two episodes because we knew we had a lot to discuss. So, you know, it varies. I'm used to that. But to sit here kind of, like, at that 25, 30-minute mark and being like, hmm, I, like, have nothing else to say about this episode – is frustrating. And I mean, like, I have a little bit more about this one. Like I said, I have a little more notes coming from that back end primarily. But you know, that's when you start to dry up a little bit is when you you just don't have anything to discuss. You almost feel like you're pulling teeth to just like keep a conversation going about it. It's actually so interesting you said that. I didn't really notice it in four when we were discussing. But when I was editing the episode last week and I had finished it, I was, you know, getting ready to upload it. And I had to do the show notes. (laughs) I usually pick three, and sometimes we have way more topics than we cover, but I try to hit a minimum of three. And I sat there and I was like, what did they talk about? Like, I just edited this full episode and I couldn't pick out three topics that you guys solidly talked about. And it's not on you guys, you know, but it is, you know, just a reflection of the lack of just like real meat, I think, in the last episode. And I think maybe I didn't feel it as much possibly in episode four because we were able to pull from three because three was still pretty meaty. But now that we're like second episode in a row with, you know, no real meat, third episode in a row with no real meat, like now it gets to be like, oh, okay, like what are we going to talk about? Like, yes, we can talk moving forward, but like, is there that much more that we in this episode maybe yes but like is there that much more that we know moving forward than we did last episode like 
in last week's case, not so much. So I totally understood the tangent you guys went on. And I was like, they didn't even talk about this episode, like, at all. No, no, we, we really did only touch on about five seconds of the episode. And then we were like, so anyway, there's, you know, this. But, you know, let's get into this episode. And I think... For the sake of it, it works to go chronologically just because obviously the bigger stuff's at the end, so we might as well knock out those smaller bits. Mm -hmm. So I can get right into it. My first thought was, this is, I think, the first episode that the B-plot didn't really work for me. I just wasn't, like, it was funny. I just was like, it felt very random. It didn't feel like it was running in parallel for some reason. It just felt like we'd be in the middle of something Jen was doing, and then we were in this B-plot. And then we'd be in the middle of something Jen was doing, and we'd be back in this B-plot. So I just kind of was like, okay, it was more jarring to me than any of the other episodes. I loved the B-plot in episode five. I loved it in, was it four or three? With Pug? Yeah. So good. Maybe I just love Pug. I don't know. But like... Honestly, <laughs> Pugless episodes have been my least favorite. So maybe it is a Pug thing. I know. That's what I'm starting to think. I'm like, maybe, I, I don't know. But like... All, the B-plot before has definitely worked really well for me. I just, I wasn't feeling it quite as much this episode. But the reason I really brought it up was I want to kind of discuss not Mr. Immortal himself, although he was an interesting just like character to, I guess, to get used to. But I guess now that we're getting into this, and obviously we know She-Hulk's heading the superhero law division. I understand that. But to be fair, before we saw Abomination and we saw Wong and they were people to us that we were like... We know them. We're used to them. Or they were aliens from another planet in the case of the Light Elf. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, you know, it wasn't that weird because we could, we understood that. And I don't, I, I use weird in a context of not like strange, but just like. Doctor Strange? Yeah. <laughs> I'm well, sorry, I can't hear it and like not say it. Yeah, I know, I know. But I guess for me, like, what it starts to bring up is how many enhanced individuals are there out there? And like, where are they all starting to come from? Yeah. And I know we talked about this in the predictions episode, the whole idea of like, are they mutants? Because that has like officially been, you know, brought into the MCU. The word has been said now. You can't put that back. You know, I have thrown out my Terra Genesis theory a million times. <laughs> but to your point, I think that was really the goal and the mission of the B-plot this week was to really show that there's this pattern of enhanced individuals or individuals with some sort of ability, because I think that's really going to be important moving forward. I don't know how or why. Perhaps it is a backdoor into the X-Men moving forward, or it's at least going to whet our appetite until Kevin's ready to make that big move. You know, I think we all noticed that there was a very noticeable lack of X-Men related news coming out of D23 when we all kind of thought, you know, we might get some sort of hint. And obviously that's a little further out than I think we were all maybe hoping for. Yeah. So maybe this is their way of like, you know, showing it's going to be more of a slow burn, less like, oh, mutants have arrived. And more like, we're going to get little hints throughout different shows and franchises that are showing the mutant population growing and growing outside of some of the more flagship characters. Because, you know, in the comics, it's not just the X-Men that are the mutants. You know, there are regular people who just have the mutant gene. So maybe that's what we're seeing is the more, quote unquote, normal side of mutants until we get the more flagship characters. Otherwise, I don't really know. <laughs> yeah, I just am more intrigued about, like, just how many... Because, like, I guess, to be fair, 
the way that they created the MCU for phases one through three, you didn't really think outside of the Avengers. So it was like, if there was somebody who was an enhanced individual or was some sort of superhero, because obviously people like Falcon aren't necessarily themselves enhanced, you know, they aren't necessarily operating prior to being part of the Avengers. And so it created almost this curtain, I think, of like, if they're in the Avengers... They're the, all the enhanced people out there, and if they're not, we don't really cross that line. Or at least personally, that made, that's maybe how my brain set it up. Well, I would say that's true until Age of Ultron, because you have the twins. Well, yeah, who eventually become an Avenger. Correct, yes. But then you also have, I would say that's kind of a starting point, right? Because after that, you have Winter Soldier and you have Batroc the Leaper, who... You know, I to me, he kind of toes the line of whether or not he's enhanced. You know, very few regular humans can do things like that. Or he kind of looks to me like a Hawkeye. You know, he's so good, he's almost enhanced. Or even, you know, crossbones. Oh, I'm not talking about, like, villains, though. But I'm, I'm just, just saying in general. Like... In general, they're still what I would consider, like, enhanced, right? In some way or another. And they don't exist within the Avengers. Yeah, okay, but you're, like, pulling it apart in a way I'm not... That's not my point. I guess. No, I mean, of, like, the good guys and, like, people who are enhanced are either going to be good or bad, right? But the good guys were always put on the Avengers, and the bad guys were always very clearly pointed out to be the bad guy and became a bad guy in whatever film, show, whatever they were, right? Like, we were never really looked at to be like, but there's other just enhanced individuals just chilling. You know, that's what kind of what I'm trying to get to. While this show's kind of setting up that idea of like, this guy's been like literally killing himself and coming back to life to get out of marriages for years. Like, he's existed for who knows how long and like, we would have never thought because our brains were so in this tunnel of like, here's our good guys who are enhanced and here's our bad guys who are enhanced. And there aren't any that, you know, if they were bad guys, they're only going to be bad guys to the Avengers. Like, and if there are like, any sort of good guys, they're going to join the Avengers team. Well, one counterpoint to that, the only hint I think we've gotten, real hint, Winter Soldier, the dots on the page, on the map. When they, when they... Yes, but also not necessarily all those people. They were just threats to for governmental reasons. My point isn't to argue this. My point is that's very much how I think phases one through three made us think. It made us think more in this, like, tunnel vision. And now I think She-Hulk's really showing there's a lot more enhanced individuals out there that we don't know anything about. Yeah. And we never, and we wouldn't know anything about because they're just living life on a low radar doing who knows what versus I think we lived in a little bit of a nice little bubble for phases one through three and it was painted a lot that way. I think that's fair. So I just like, you know, Mr. Immortal brings up that question to me, like how many people really are enhanced? Yeah. Like what are we dealing with now out there? What does the everyday look like? As, you know, being a superhero is becoming almost mainstream. Look at Titania. Yeah, that is true. So I it really made me think with him because I was like, this is just like low-key kind of a normal dude. Yeah. Who just has like this weird knack to be able to like kill himself and live. Yeah, no, I mean, that's a good point. I was curious if there were any examples that, you know, kind of debunk that. But I think you've kind of proven that there really haven't been. So at least strong examples. So it definitely is a turn, um, and that's what makes me think, you know, it has to be, as much as I want to go Terrigen, I have to just read the words on the page, you know. 
it has to be, on my mind, a hint towards the mutants. Because, again, like, that's such a part of, like, their comics. So, you know, I think that we're just moving further and further in preparation for that franchise, whether it comes in two years or five. I think that's what we're hinting at now. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't disagree. I And, you know, the mutants are the ones who I think the most would make up the biggest numbers of people who are enhanced um, once they're introduced. And I think that helps that on the other side that that's it it does help that phases one through three we lived in that little bubble because once you do introduce those mutants i think you know the door kind of flies wide open to to everything yeah essentially so that was what i got out of b plot other than that wasn't really like i wasn't in love didn't hate it just kind of was watching it it just was there for me i enjoy mallory book's character and I enjoyed her interactions with Nikki. Yeah. I will say I think one other part of the B-plot that I definitely clocked was the hate website they found, the Intelligentsia. Yes. Which I have later on because that kind of goes into that other section of the episode. So then we'll hold. But yeah. I think just since we're kind of chatting about the B-plot, I think that's one other place that, you know, it really kind of brought a little bit more meat than just, oh, this guy, you know, for comic relief, has avoided his emotions or his wife's and husband's emotions for years by killing himself instead of getting a divorce like a normal person. Yeah. Which was funny. I mean, I, let's be real. Like, the emotional avoidance line is it's comical. Yeah, I mean, I was enjoying it, for sure, as far as, like, the line itself. Just watching the B-plot, like I said, I just... This was one of the episodes I didn't know if it needed the B-plot. Fair. In the sense of just, like, we were watching Jen be just Jen, using quotations as, you know, the entry title, like, logo thing lets us know. But I, I just kind of felt like this was super weird. Like, <laughs> it just didn't feel right. But speaking of Jen, Jen goes to a wedding. Well, <laughs> I have some thoughts about this not even just the wedding scene, the wedding fight. Yeah. Let's just get right to that with Titania. First, I was like, I had high hopes because that kick thing she did that like screwed up all the cobblestones and knocked Titania back initially. I was like, this is going to be awesome. Then I had about 30 seconds of this feels good. And then it just was over. Didn't love that. And then I also felt like the CGI just sort of gave up. During that scene, and right afterwards, she just looked so wrong. Oh, I didn't notice. <laughs> yeah, didn't look right at all. I was like, oh, that looks bad. That looks like someone forgot to, like, render that fully. So, like, her face turned, like, very fake looking. It didn't, it didn't look right at all. I did not notice that. But I also watched it very early this morning, so I was not seeing the things that I normally would see if I was, like, a little more perky. Yeah. Well, I thought it was just, like, that one first initial shot, like, post the fight, like, right after the fight. And then, like, every time they panned back to Jen, or She-Hulk at the time, it just was, like, still there. And I was like, oh my god. <laughs> like, I actually had to, like, look away because it just didn't look right. She looked, her face just looked off. I kind of want to go back now. It just, and I was even thinking right before that, right, the scene when she, like, or was it the scene before or the scene after? I can't remember, but they do a close-up of her when she's She-Hulk, and it's either right before the fight scene or right after. I kind of have a feeling it was right after when she's talking to her cousin or her friend or whoever's wedding it was. And she looked really good. I was like, wow, this, you know, now it looks really good. So it was just, it was weird. 
Yeah, I, but I just was like, oh, yikes. <laughs> yeah, I did not notice that, but I kind of want to go back now and see if... You know, and sometimes they fix it, too. Like, yeah. when people start talking about it, they'll, like, go in. There was an episode... I'm sure I've used this example before. There was an episode of The Mandalorian where a member of the crew was in the shot, and everybody thought it was the greatest thing ever. Because, like, in Star Wars, it's, like, such a Star Wars thing. And within, like, 24 hours, they had completely re-rendered it or, like, re-uploaded it, and he was gone. And everyone was like, no, why did you do that? Yeah. But, so I'm sure, like, it's just proof that they go back when they're like, oh, man, we missed something big, or, oh, shoot. And I'm sure, I haven't been on Twitter yet today, but... I'm sure that that's what the conversation, or at least part of the conversation, is about this episode. Yeah, and maybe it, it was just me, but I I saw it and I was like, ooh, like I don't think I've noticed the CGI being iffy too much, really. But this this moment, I was like, oh yeah. Was it as bad as that car chase scene in Moon Knight? I don't know. I'm I'm not sure anything could beat that. That just was because. Rough. Marvel's done car chases like 17 million times, and I can't explain why that car chase looked so bad. I can. I'll tell you right now. Because something like a Black Widow was done in practical effects. We've all seen the shots of Scarlet and Florence on the bike by the car. Like, they were real things, not rendered later. Something rendered, no matter how good the artist is, nothing against the VFX team, no matter how good the artist is, it's not going to look good as a practical effect. It's just not. Yeah, that no, I think that still has to take the cake for me, but I did think, like, Jen's face looked weird. I'm going to go check it out. Yeah. I mean, maybe I'll watch it and be like, no, I think it looks fine, but I thought it looked off. All right. For, like, a solid couple seconds. Like, every time it would, it would go from her to the other person to her again, it just looked off that entire time. I will report back next episode, listeners. Check back. <laughs> Episode 7. <laughs> yeah. But on the other point, once again, I feel like Titania was sidelined. <laughs> yeah. To me, it's just more confirmation that she is within, if we're going to say separate the villain plots, she's the B plot of the villains. There was a reason. And you know how they always do the recap? You kind of know what plot lines to expect based on what they're recapping. Yeah. So we knew that something about the Wrecking Crew was going to kind of come home to roost this episode. I think I thought a little more was going to come home to roost than did. Same. But I think it's telling that in an episode where she's supposed to have her big fight with Titania, now we're getting a furthering of that plot line that was kind of buried for two episodes, and all of a sudden, you know, now we get a hint. So I think it just is further proof that she's kind of a red herring in terms of her being the main villain. Yeah, which, like, I don't hate, obviously, like, surprises or anything. I do feel bad, and I wish I would have gotten a little bit more of her rather than just, like, she's here. She's floored. She's here again. She loses the court case. She's back. She falls on ice. Like, it wasn't, I didn't feel like, if you're gonna bring that character in, I, like, bring that character in. Like, let's see it. I want to see, like, at least one good fight, and I did think that it was going to be this one from what that second half of the series trailer showed, and once again, we didn't really get it, so I don't know. I mean, in general, other than with the demons with Wong, we haven't really seen Jen in action, sorry, She-Hulk in action, I mean, other than when she, like, beat the crap out of the Wrecking Crew at all. Yeah. Those are two instances in now six episodes 
She fought Titania for all of 15 seconds in episode one. One sucker punch. I don't even count it. She like pretty much punched her. And that was the end. This episode, granted, there was a minute where I was like, Jen, you kind of need to take some like Taekwondo or something girly because like you're getting your booty whooped. But other than that, like... She finished her off in less than a minute. Yeah. No, I was thinking the same thing because I was like, oh, girl, come on. Yeah, I was like, (laughs) Jennifer, I understand that you, in your small body form, are a, like, pacifist, but you're in big girl body form now, so let's go. Well, I also sort of was like, I mean, and this is, I mean, okay, this is something I kind of think I've brought up before when we were talking about Hawkeye, because obviously Kate, like, they established it that she had trained in martial arts so she had and she was very good at it so like something that like screwed me up i think and it was a discussion we had was it was nice to watch her and not wonder where her skills come from yeah because you were like she trains in it like they literally established that as part of her character we knew okay kate bishop here she is she has this background already perfect versus like i do sit here and i know i brought it up with another character and i'm blanking on who i brought it up with kamala right no, I don't feel like it was recent. I feel like it was one. Of, it was a little further back, but maybe it was Kamala. Because I think I was kind of wondering to myself about Kamala because she handled the gin pretty well. Maybe then, maybe it was Kamala. I don't, but I do feel like it was a little further back. Regardless, I do remember saying like, so suddenly they're a superhero and they can fight. Like, why? Do, like, we never really get the establishment of the fact that, like, where does this come from? Yeah. Like, Jen herself does not know how to fight. So how come being the Hulk? I get it. You have strength. That's the point. But, like, how are you able to fight? We get no reference. So actually, I kind of enjoyed watching her kind of, like, lose a little bit. Because I was like, you shouldn't be good. Yeah. I think for me, I was just disappointed in Jennifer because she seems like, I mean, she doesn't seem like, she is a smart woman, right? Yeah. And I know that part of it is like her denial about being a Hulk, but my thought process is you should probably take some lessons if you're going to be a Hulk just to like get the basics down. And I get, you know, maybe in her head, like she doesn't have to because she is a Hulk and there are very few people on earth who could take her in her Hulk form. So like one punch and like any man who's going to attack her down for the count like not a problem yeah so in that respect i get it but there's another part of me that's like you seem like you're prepared maybe you should prepare for things like this even though you're in denial that they're gonna happen clearly they're happening to you so like let's do a little bit of prep yeah no i agree i agree i just felt a little sad because i felt like you know b plot again <laughs> like we're getting just like a little bit and then we're like okay guess we'll move forward like that's over with i just was like okay but i'm gonna quote directly from my notes to get to where we need to get to now and it goes this it goes like this i should say well this series took a very dark turn yeah yes so let's get into it yeah you brought up you know that uh nikki and uh, mallory thank you happen to be on this website that we find you know pretty much a hate forum but not even like a hate forum like a threaten and want to kill She-Hulk forum. It's like an incel forum, but like specific to her in that specific thread. Yeah, like I was trying to find the comedic aspect to it, like kind of what they did earlier in the episode where they literally were also taking like people's legit sentences and things that they've posted online and kind of low-key exposing them. But it was like comedic in, in the same sense. But like then they kept scrolling and they reached the one that was like, she should die and we should kill her and all of this and i was like 
oh, oh, okay. That's what I'm saying, though. Like, it was like an incel forum. Like, yeah. you know, where you see that stuff on, like, for example, our dad really likes, like, the FBI anthology shows, like, on CBS. Like, yeah. I remember a specific episode where they were literally combing through those forums for some guy who just, like, you know, like, all of them, they, like, hate women because there's whatever. I'm not going to get into it. But, like, that's what it reminded me of immediately. I was like, that's what this is. But it's specific to her in this sense. Like, yeah. Yeah. So that, like, I was like, there shouldn't be, like, you know, when you were saying, oh, there's no comedy to it. There shouldn't be. Like, that's real. That exists out there. No, for real. I just, I was, like, initially going into it not thinking it was going to immediately get so dark. Yeah. And, I mean, the first few posts are bad. Yeah. But they're not, like we should kill her, she should die, like, blah, 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 blah. They were just, like, kind of more hate comments. Yeah. So I expected kind of what we had seen before, that comedic sort of aspect to it, that turnaround of it. And then it just, like, really did go down a a dark turn. And honestly, like, I'm intrigued. It definitely caught my attention. But I also want to talk about, since this has been a big thing about this show, and and we'll definitely talk further into the, you know, the whole forum thing with some other points from the rest of the episode. But this show has done a lot about showing the other aspect of being a superhero. And this is something we never have seen with other superheroes is that turnaround of the people who don't like them. Yeah. the Because, pe- you know, usually the people don't like them. Or like Ultron. Yeah. <laughs> or like the people who physically will go up against them and like fight them versus we don't really see like hate forums or, you know, Black Widow should die kind of things. And I mean, listen, we've all been in the fandom. We all know there are people who will go to bat for their for their favorites and who will bash people they don't like. And, you know, some to very far extremes. Because like I'll joke all I want about certain things. Obviously, I'm not like... This person should die. <laughs> Hashtag Peggy Carter is the most apt example. Yeah, I mean, was I okay when her character died in MOM? Yeah, I was ecstatic. But I'm not also sitting here like Haley Atwell needs to die. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's a difference between I don't like the character and the actual person is, you know, they're different people. Yes. And if, of course, and and I know we've all, and whether you like the actress or actor or not as well, like, whatever, you can dislike someone without, like, wanting them harm. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think we've all also seen, I'm sure, on some places, people who aren't able to necessarily express themselves without wishing harm on people. So we see it from our fan perspective. Now it's very real in the MCU, and we're seeing it from an actual superhero, like, seeing it happen to her. Yeah. So I think it's really interesting. Well, and I also don't think it's an accident that it's a woman. No, I don't either. You know, that it's a female superhero, I think. What movie has been more contested than Captain Marvel or Black Widow? Yeah. Name another movie, a male-centered movie, that's been as contested as those two. Yeah. I, I just, there isn't one. Yeah, so, like, simply isn't. it's very much, you know, art imitates life. Yeah. And I think that's what so much of this show has been about. You know, replace She-Hulk with any one of the female, you know, actresses who's led her own franchise. There you go. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's sad. It's a sad reality. But in some ways, you know, I'm glad that the show's showing it because it gives us and the fans that opening to have this conversation and say, like, yeah, we're seeing this. Like, yeah, this happens online and it's gross. And, like, you don't fix problems by not addressing them. So I'm really enjoying that it's coming from the top down in this case. And Marvel's like, we see you. 
We we saw you a few episodes ago, and we called you out on it. We see you now. We know this is happening, and we're not okay with that. Yeah, and you're completely right, because even like I was saying, you know, us as fans from the fans in our real life, in our timeline, if you will, we do see that stuff. And not that I, like, am on these forums, but you even see people, re like, take screenshots and post it, and they're like, what the heck is this? Like, I don't see it necessarily directly from the source more than I see people sharing something someone said or whatever and they're saying like this isn't okay or even just not on the forums just like straight up on twitter just saying incredibly horrible and hateful things it's like shocking exactly and so it's it's pretty intriguing and honestly i was shocked with where this went and then it just kept going yeah and i and so moving into so obviously the forum is thing. I'm not gonna lie, when Nikki was on the phone, I thought from the camera angle, she was gonna get I hit. thought she was gonna get T-boned. I was like, oh my god, they're gonna take Nikki away. I yeah. was like, no. Maybe I've seen too many cop shows and like Criminal Minds episodes and everything else, but my brain is hardwired to know that when a camera angle goes to that angle like that, they are gonna get hit. Camera's in the passenger seat and you've got the driver. T-bone is coming. Yeah. My stomach dropped. And with them having to just been on that forum, yeah. I was like, my stomach doesn't feel good about this. Like, my gut is telling me we don't like what's going on. And then thankfully nothing did. Yeah. I was surprised. Although that would have been a mu- an even darker turn if it had. Yeah. But then we go back to Jen at the wedding, which is why, like, this B-plot was just a little weird because... It was a little random, and then you, you know, you, like, share this, like, dark aspect, and then suddenly you're just, like... Jen met a man! Yeah, like, but I knew this man felt felt weird, because, and it's gonna sound terrible, but with what they've established, nobody likes Jen, they like She-Hulk. Yeah. So I was like, this is weird, you're giving her a lot of attention as Jen, and as she's talking to him, talking about how no one likes her in that as Jen, and he's like, oh, well, I like you, it's just Jen, and then, you know, we see this thing... My brain, before they even showed anything else, before that last little bit came up, was like, "Mm, they're going after her as Jen. They're going undercover. I was like, I'll bet you he's one of the Wrecking Crew. Yes. I did not get as far as thinking he was the Wrecking Crew. I'm going to take you through my thought process. I was like, oh my gosh, Jen, man, he liked Jen. Yes. Yay. I was so excited. Apparently, when I'm really tired, I talk in caveman speak. But I was so excited for her. I was like, oh. Oh, I was so sus immediately. She (laughs) deserves a good man. Like, in that first interaction, and then the horrible bridezilla comes, and whatever. So, I was excited. But then, you have the B-plot, and you have the forum. And then he comes back immediately in the next scene. And I was like, that's when it turned for me. Because I was like, that sequence of events is intentional. And there's a reason for that. So I was like, all right, he's bad. And then, you know, not long after that, it goes into what I'm sure we'll talk about, the lab with the needle and all of that. And I was like, he's one of them. Oh, yeah. Whether or not he's a member of the Wrecking Crew, he's not a fan of She-Hulk. My brain immediately was thinking he was Wrecking Crew because we never saw them unmasked. That's super fair. I didn't get that far. And... I just was like, that would make a lot of sense to me because we never saw them unmasked. Like, we don't even know if he'd be the Wrecking Crew because we don't know what any of them look like. Yeah. And so neither does She-Hulk. So it was like, 
Yeah, you could literally set him right under her nose. How would she know? She wouldn't. Well, and what I thought was interesting, too, you know, you had mentioned when we first met the Wrecking Crew, oh, they're going to go after her as, as Jen because he says that line about, I couldn't get it through her disgusting skin, whatever. But what I caught on to this morning was that needle was much bigger. Yeah. I think they're trying to go after her as She-Hulk. Like, I think that they are trying to find a needle that will get her as She-Hulk. Because that was so much... Like, she broke that needle, like, squished it. But this was so much bigger and so much thicker that I think they're kind of trying to go after her, you know, attempt number two. I Oh, I think there's attempt number two. I don't know if they're going after a She-Hulk or if they're just preparing. That's fair. Because the thing is, is they attacked her first, she turned, and then they tried to go after her with the needle. The thing was, if they would have, from the, the first attempt, that shock factor when she was Jen before she thought to turn into She-Hulk, if they had already shoved a needle into her arm, it would have been done. Yeah. Job's over. But they lost their shock factor. So I feel like if you make Jen feel safe, you can get that needle in her, whether it's a thick needle or she turns green. I just had a thought that you're going to hate so much. Oh, God. Why? Because <laughs> you hate this character. So I swear to God, if it's anything about Peggy Carter, don't even. It's not about Peggy Carter. Sharon. Hear me out. Okay, well, I've actually become to hate Peggy so much more now that I don't even hate Sharon that much. So go ahead. Okay, anyway, hear me out on this one. So when I was looking at the scene with the needle and the scientists in the lab, it was actually very reminiscent to me of that scene with the super soldier serum where she takes... Bucky and Sam to go get it and they kill that scientist, right? We yeah. all know at the end of the day it was actually her serum that was stolen. So clearly she was funding that lab unless I'm completely misremembering. So it reminded me so much of that lab, that vibe, and the fact that Sharon likes to play a little bit around with, uh, you know, biology and the limits of human ability. And she's in the U.S. now. She has access to government files, probably access to government facilities. You know, think about it this way. If she has access to government files, you know who she has information on? Bruce. Because he was working for the government when he became Hulk. So to me, you know, we talked about who could be their boss and we talked about, you know, Dr. Doom. We talked about Kingpin. All very valid. I still think, you know, those are very much on the table. But maybe a little less Doctor Doom now because they haven't casted that that movie yet, Fantastic Four. But one thing that we left out was the power broker. And I think that was an oversight because now I'm thinking more and more about it. And I'm like, she's a big player and she will, you know, want to be able to sell that. It's money. Well, I have multiple things about this. One, what was Pug calling his fashion dude? Because he called him something broker and immediately... That did trigger the power broker in my head. The drip broker. Yeah. But I, and it reminded me of her. So it would be very fitting if that's almost like a call to her, but we're not really, you know, thinking about it. Cause obviously, like, I didn't even think about it. I just, like, I did think of her. I didn't think to involve her. Two, obviously, we know she's back on the US soil. She's back, you know, she's been pardoned for everything, but she's still not a good person. Which, honestly, get her, get your revenge. Because, like, I feel that a little bit. I do. She did what she did to help people, and they left her high and dry. So, I am almost Team Sharon there. But, we know she's back. She's back on the board. 
I'm also thinking we were convinced fully that she was going to be the villain in the new Captain America. But they've named the villain in the new Captain America, and it's not her. So I'm thinking, okay. But interestingly, it's a Hulk. It's someone related to the Hulk. Well, and hold on. This would not be... If this is her, she's she's bigger than this, right? Like, she is not the... She's the main villain, but not the villain that's, like, gonna be defeated in this sort of vibe. So I'm thinking, okay, what's bigger than her? And who would go after her? And I'm thinking... Thunderbolts. The Thunderbolts are coming. Bucky's on that team. Bucky has already a connection to Sharon and knows of her. So I'm thinking, now I'm seeing this. I'm seeing this at, on a wide spectrum. Well, and in speaking of connections, so does what's-his-face? Faux Cap. Yeah. Because it's her serum that made him. Yeah. And because Hulk became Hulk trying to make the super soldier serum... And Jen's is clearly some degree of perfected, considering she doesn't have another man in her head or, or another woman in her head. She's Jen no matter what. She's semi a perfected super soldier serum, if you think about it. Yes. To a degree. Sort of. In some ways, yes. But what's interesting, and you point out the fact that the leader is going to be the main villain, you know, who else was playing around with Hulk blood all the way back in 2008? The leader. In fact, he got some in his open cut. And that plot thread has been dangling for 15 years now? 14? I guess 14 years? Almost 15? So I could actually almost see them working together because she's out here looking for more super soldier serum, you know, because she lost all of it. You know, Carly and her people took it, then now Carly's dead. Faux Cap took some, and the rest of it was destroyed. So if she's going out looking for people who can make it, her scientist is dead. This leader guy, well, he knows the Hulk. Hulk was looking for the superhero, super soldier serum. That's how he got made. So he's been probably studying this for 15 years. Now we have, to your point, She-Hulk. She can control it. Okay, well, that's one more piece of the puzzle that the leader needs. I like the idea of them working together. I like the idea of this, weirdly enough, leading into... New World Order. No, I like all this, but I don't know if it's going to fully lead into New World Order just because of the Thunderbolts. Because they're while they're confirmed to obviously be in the same universe, obviously it's our Bucky, I'm intrigued by how much these two might overlap. When What is the release order for them? Do you remember off the top of your head? I believe New World Order is right before Thunderbolts. Thunderbolts, I believe, is the end of Phase 5. It's the final film. Okay, and, you know, it has been... I don't know that it's confirmed, but it's rumored that Bucky's in New World Order. Which, if he is, I can get behind it a little more because you have a straight connection rather than... And what I'm thinking is, I could see this leading into New World Order and New World Order perfectly setting up Thunderbolts because if you think about it, one... I mean, this could happen at the beginning of the movie, too, off-screen. We also have Ant-Man coming up, but Ghost has not been, to our knowledge, recruited by Valentina. We could clearly see how Red Guardian could be recruited. That's his daughter. Yeah. So that makes sense. Bucky has not been recruited yet. Who else is on there? I'm blanking now. Taskmaster. Taskmaster. Which, let me just share this. I'm a little intrigued. Okay, I don't think this is the full Thunderbolts team. Oh, I don't think so either. Where's Abomination? Well, I think we're going to get Abomination, and I think we're going to get him at the end of the show, which is why we didn't see him revealed yet. Yeah. Because She-Hulk was still finishing. 
I think the possibility of Zemo coming in still is very high. Oh, I agree. He's a huge player in most of the Thunderbolts storylines, so... He bankrolls them. Yeah, well, exactly. But if you look at it, and this might be sounding stupid, but if you genuinely think about it, Yelena, Taskmaster, and Alexi all come from the same place. Yep. Then you have Bucky and U.S. Agent coming from the same place, and then you have Ghost. She's kind of on her own. Yeah. That's a lot. I mean, that's only three franchises. Yeah. So, to me, that's a little funky, if you think about it. It feels like it's off weight. Yeah, I agree. I guess is my big thing. And so I feel like we got to bring a little bit more into this. And even going back, way back to our initial point of how this ties all together, I'm just going to pull out this reminder. While we said it, I'm going to put it in, like, bold in text, if I could. Remember, the Hulk is only the Hulk because he was trying to make the super soldier serum. At the end of the day, those are probably the two OG Avengers who are genuinely the most tied together. So thinking She-Hulk and New World Order and even the Thunderbolts are not possibly tied together, you can't almost not think about that. Now that it's like highlighted, because that was extremely glossed over. Loki. Yeah. Like, I think Cap makes one comment to him about, or I don't even know, he makes it to, like, Fury. He's like, oh, so he was trying to, like, replicate the serum? No, well, yeah, no. Coulson tells him, oh, he was trying to replicate the serum, and Cap, all he does is raise his eyebrows. He doesn't say anything because it makes him so freaking uncomfortable that he just was like, oh. And then, like, just kind of moves on because he doesn't want to think about it. The fact that this guy's life is now ruined by basically trying to recreate him. And we just, like, don't talk about that. Yeah. Like, that entire phase, once again, the bubble of phases one through three, we didn't talk about it. But now, like we were saying, like, I'm loving this. I'm running with this one. Well, and think about it, too. Alexi is a super soldier. So is Bucky. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. And that's, but like that that almost raises my other question of, like, now we have three super soldiers running around and a She-Hulk. Why are we going after She-Hulk and not the three super soldiers? I mean, granted, one is literally an assassin, so I wouldn't go after him. <laughs> Personally, wouldn't go after Bucky. And John is unhinged. He's mentally ill. <laughs> <laughs> yes, correct. Yeah, yeah, John's John's mentally ill. But, like, I feel like Alexi, like, you really could just, like, um, I almost feel like you could gamble with him, and as long as you, as you win, he'll willingly give over his blood. Like, I don't even think he'd think twice about it. I don't know, though, because he's really proud about being a super soldier. He's really proud of that. Yeah, but I feel like, and this is nothing to to go down on him in the sense of, like, bringing him down, but I do feel like if you just played your cards right, you could slightly outsmart him. <laughs> he's not the tactician that Steve Rogers is, I'll give you that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, and he's not overly suspicious of people. His problem is, is that he's kind of just like, ha I'm great. Like, that's his big motto, so he doesn't really think everybody would be out to get him. Yeah. Because that's not what his narrative writes in his brain. But, like, I didn't, I did think about that, but I didn't think about that at the same time. But that's another thing. This Thunderbolts team is extremely weighted to one side. So, that's why I know there's going to be more members. There has to be, because I'm not getting three Captain Americas. That doesn't make sense to me. Well, no. And then it's weird, too, because, you know, Ghost is obviously in her own way enhanced. Yeah. Taskmaster is enhanced. Yelena isn't enhanced, but she's trained as all get out. You know, so it's definitely, it's it's an odd, eclectic mix. Well, that's why I think there's more coming. But regardless, now you brought that point up, and I'm like, why are we going after She-Hulk? Because, like, 
I initially thought Kingpin. Yeah. And we both did. And we ran with that theory because we were talking about, okay, Kingpin, Hulk's Hulk blood could make another Hulk, could make a monster. Because that is what an unhinged Hulk is. Right. And I don't think the Kingpin is off the table. I think if we're going to take anybody off the table, and I think we talked about three, and I don't remember who the third was after Dr. Doom, I think we have to take Doom off the table now. Totally. Take him off. I'm down with that. So I think we've now, you know, raised Power Broker into, like, those top... And I can't even weight them in terms of likelihood, because to me, to have a kingpin without a daredevil at this juncture would be weird. Or to have a daredevil without a kingpin, I should say, would be a little weird, which is why I still think he's a very strong contender. And, you know, going into the Thunderbolts, if we're going to talk about that, you know, who does Valentina work for? Kingpin, right? Well, that's not fully been established, but that's assumed. The only problem I'm having with this is you did pull out the fact that there are three caps. There are three enhanced individuals. You have one who has a perfect serum. I mean... I don't know about John's, but... Well, John's is perfect. Then you have two who have perfect serums. Yeah. I don't. I, I meant to say I don't know too much about Alexi's because it's like the Russian versions and clearly like if his body can... Change. Yeah, he, it's not perfected. But so you have two perfect serums, one literally made from Captain America's blood. So now, like, that almost just punctured a slight hole in this for me because I was thinking when we talked about Kingpin... The Hulk's blood, regardless of it being She-Hulk's or Hulk's, should theoretically make anybody a Hulk. Let's say that, right? Because, I mean, we've only multiplied a Hulk once. Twice. But it was Three a family. Times. And it had something, well, yeah. And it had something with, to, that's true, <laughs> to do with genes. But the reason that they turn green and everything else is genes. The reason Emile's went wrong and he looks the way he does is because he must not have had that special gene that the banners do. Or Jen's name isn't Banner, right? But I'm going to say that. Well, that family tree. Yeah, that family lineage. What version of the serum was Emil given? I know. Because here's my thing. My thought was if Kingpin wants the blood, my thought would be sell it for one. Yeah. Okay, you'll make up a ton of money off that. Or make your own hulks, which would also be right up his alley. I mean, you could create an army of them. So that sounds more likely than it being the super soldier aspect of it now that you did point out that we have three super soldiers walking the earth well actually four who's the fourth the older man from the falcon of the winter soldier whose oh name is gosh. escaping me but i can yes. he's and he's coming back in new world order bradley isaiah bradley yes yes thank you well i kept wanting to say the patriot and i was like it's not the patriot no the patriot's his grandson yeah i know that's why i was like not him so technically four but let's just go off the three that was just announced for a whole team up literally having two perfect serums you wouldn't be going after She-Hulk for her blood for a super soldier serum. That doesn't make sense. Counterpoint. There are some things that a Hulk can do that even a super soldier can't. She's stronger than any of them. And her skin? Impenetrable. A super soldier can die. Yeah, I guess. But like, I mean, so can a Hulk. Yes, but it takes a whole heck of a lot more to kill. It's almost like it takes a Hulk to kill a Hulk. Yeah, but also, let us let me say this. Let me say this. Our Hulk was, like, unhinged, right? Yes. We don't really know, with the fact that Jen has, like, one person controlling both halves, how impenetrable Jen really is. I mean, the needle couldn't do it. No, but that it's a needle. I'm saying, like, Bruce literally shot himself, stuck a gun in his mouth and shot himself, and, you know, the Hulk came out and was like, no. <laughs> like, 
but that's because the Hulk is a, was a different being from who Bruce was. Yeah. So I'm almost more intrigued. Like, and she also got it from a blood transfusion, essentially. Let's just say that transference. So she isn't like she wasn't exposed to the full gamma radiation. Her Hulklyhood is not necessarily as strong as the initial Hulk. It's like it's like watering down soda. Yeah. Like you're eventually gonna have less fizz and less taste and it's gonna not taste quite the same. So to be fair, we don't know how impenetrable she is. We don't know how easy she is to kill or not kill, because there's only been a needle tried to be that that was tried to, you know, be stuck in her arm. That's all we've gotten. Yes, yes, you're right. I will say, though, if the power broker is working with the leader, the leader has an obsession with the Hulks, specifically. So that might be why it makes sense to go after Jen, especially if Bruce is off-world and people can't find him. Now it makes sense. Unless, what if it's not even the power broker? What if it is just the leader? To be fair, if the leader's going to be the villain in a future film, it would just make Obviously, we wouldn't necessarily introduce them full-time in this film, but it would set up for them to be in a different film. I mean, that's also very possible. Yeah. And just remove the power broker. Because while I love the power broker, I think she'll, if anything, she'd have involvement with the Thunderbolts. I see that because you have two people who have a connection to her and you've got three super soldiers running around. Yeah. I could see that. Also, that's a team with blood on their hands. So I just, that all feels like a realm together. Yeah. And her and Bucky have quite a bit of history. So I, I feel like I, I like her there. So that's a good theory for that part, but I do think maybe we, the leader of all things or of all people might be more in this area. Well, and I don't think it's an accident that they announced that he was the villain during She-Hulk's run. Yeah. I think we have been around long enough to know when a coincidence is not a coincidence, and this is one of those moments. Yeah. And I'm, I'm excited because honestly, that last like 30 seconds gave me what the, like zoom out from WandaVision where we saw it on TV the first time and we were watching them watch TV. Yeah. And we didn't know who was watching them and we were confused. That is what that feeling gave me where I was like, so she's being watched and somebody's preparing. She's on someone's radar. Yeah. And we don't know who's behind it and what's going on, but it's coming. And so like I said at the beginning of the episode, I'm not going to sit here and say I think episode seven, eight, nine are now going to bring us something because I said that about episodes you know, five, and I said that about episode six, and I thought we were finally at the a turning point. I don't know. I'd like to say we are, but when I think we have turning points, then we aren't. So I hope that this this is where that big turnaround is really coming. I hope, but I'm not gonna not gonna stand on that hill anymore. <laughs> yeah. I almost think in my point of view it has to because we've only got three episodes to bring in Daredevil and three episodes to wrap it all up and show us what the point of this show was. I mean Obviously, we know it's, like, entertaining, but, like, what what was Kevin's goal? Like, he was trying to get us from point A to point B with this show. We got to get to point B in the next hour and a half of content. So, you know, I kind of think we almost have to. So, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's kind of my thought process. We'll see. Yep. We'll see what happens. But um, that's all I've got for She-Hulk Episode 6. Katie's giving me a thumbs up. That is our signal to wrap it up for this episode. As always, if you're enjoying our coverage, you can check us out on your podcast platform of choice. Since you're listening now, we're assuming you've already found us, so give us a subscribe if you haven't already. And um, if you're really, really enjoying the show, please give us a rating or a review. Like I've said a million times, we love to hear from you guys, so if you're enjoying it, 
just let us know. Um, you can also check out the blog, which is linked in the show notes. We have lots of extra context in those posts where Katie does research, talks about things we forgot to mention in the episode, brings in articles or, you know, things that we've read in articles since recording the episode as well, since we oftentimes go from right from watching the show to recording. So we don't really always get to check those out. So there's definitely a lot of extra good tidbits in the blog, which again, you can check out in the show notes. And last but not least, from my side, you can check out our Redbubble shop, also linked in the show notes, where you can find merch, everything from t-shirts to stickers to bucket hats. So you want it, we got it, check it out. Make sure you guys are also following us on Twitter at Let's Talk MFT to keep up to date with all of our content, our thoughts, and our theories. And It's that time of the month. We are gearing up for another newsletter. So make sure if you want that directly in your inbox, your email inbox on the first of the month, you guys are signing up for that. You can sign up. There will be a QR code that's pinned on our Twitter. And there is also a link on the blog that you can just put your email right in and be added to our subscriber list. So make sure you guys are definitely getting added to that just so you can keep up with that end of our content as well. But as Taylor already said, we have about an hour and a half left of content from She-Hulk. That's three more episodes. Seems weird because it seems like it's been going on forever, but also feels like I'm not ready for it to be saying, like, we only have three episodes left. So in the meantime, if you guys have been keeping up, well, I hope you didn't listen to this, but (laughs) make sure you guys are keeping up and you are watching everything that is coming out of Marvel because Marvel just blew your mind. So let's talk about it.